Many of you have seen many movies, and many of us, the hosts of Not Playing, have seen some. We're trying to fix that together. Welcome back to Not Playing with Lex and Dan. I'm Lex. I'm Dan. And that was a new intro, Lex. I love it. Yeah. I'm trying. I'm experimenting. And I just want to uh I just I just want to watch movies with you, Dan, that one or both of us has never seen before. Well, good news. We can do just that, and we can record a podcast about it, which is even better. Oh, I only want to do it because we're podcasting. Oh, okay. You don't want to just spend time with me? That's. Oh, no, I do want to spend time with you, too. The movies I could do with or without, yeah. it's the you that I, I need. Well, we couldn't just have a podcast where the two of us talked about random things for hours on end, I guess. <laughs> we need at least a loose conceit, and that conceit is movies. Yay! Yay! <laughs> well, Dan, I want to know... Uh, what movie we're watching this time last week we watched or last time we watched clueless and i am uh pretending to be clueless about what we're watching today oh well that is exciting uh we're watching a movie that i have seen but i have only seen it once i believe but i liked it that's too much of a spoiler um it is from 1976 and it is the movie all the president's men lex this is the part where you tell me what you know about all the president's men not all the president's men but the movie all the president's men <laughs> the rare movie that we're watching that's older than we are it's happened before it'll happen again so this is what i know about all the president's men it stars robert redford and dustin hoffman correct it is probably based on the book of the same name but it's about the uh, the nixon the the reporters uh, woodward and bernstein who who helped take down richard nixon who who blew open this whole watergate scenario story all day i was thinking about oh we're gonna watch a movie in black and white and then i was thinking there's no way this movie's in black and white but i have definitely spent every day of my life uh from which i knew this movie existed and then every time that this movie's name or existence occurred to me i have oh yeah it's a black and white movie which i'm sure it's not like there's no reason that this movie would be black and white unless it's a very weird stylistic choice but until this today i was thinking oh it's a black and white movie which i imagine it isn't um I think I know nothing else about it. If there's other like famous actors in it, or if it's got like great writers or directors, I don't there know. Is, I, w- I would guess there is one line that you know from this movie. I want the truth. It's you can't not, handle the we truth. We already watched that. It's not that movie. I am not a crook. It's well, um, that's from actual real life. <laughs> well, the movie's from actual real that's life. That's true. Right? Based but there's on the an iconic story. line from this movie that I think you will recognize. It's not like particularly like a clever turn of phrase or anything. It's just it's, forget it, Jake. It's yeah, Watergate. Exactly. I truly have no idea. <laughs> um, okay. Use well, the crime, <laughs> Dick. I don't know. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, a year before Star Wars came out, they really stole their thunder there. <laughs> Uh, I really don't know. And I uh, I think I'll like it, right? Like, uh, what was interesting to me was when I went to the uh, movie page on HBO Max, a service that still exists at the time we recorded this episode, mm. it was like, you might also like The American President, which is a movie I do also like. And so if this movie is anything like The American President, I can't imagine it's also a rom-com. But, like, I do like... Unlikely romance blossoms between Woodward and Bernstein. <laughs> I I do like White Housey movies. I imagine this one is going to take place a whole lot more like in, you know, reporters' rooms and and reporters' rooms as they call them. And like, Lex, you you worked in media for a while. You you know, reporters don't have rooms. The bullpen. We work on the street. And yeah, we're going to see like 
parking lot meetings with a secretive deep throat person and uh i, I imagine that's supposed to be I, but I, I is nixon a character in the movie you think you'd have to be right you can't just have him be unseen so it's i assume that there's somebody life, playing too. nixon i want to know if somebody's gonna do a, a good richard nixon impression and i can't even say if i do a good richard nixon impression because i only know like three things he ever said i'm not a crook is basically my whole richard nixon so yeah i don't know I'm, I'm curious to see it it felt to me for you know much of my life like a movie that i wouldn't like because it feels old to yeah, me right. but when i think about it in practice i should like this movie i imagine my prediction is it'll feel a little bit slow um just because that's how most things from the 70s feel to my 2023 eyes but i'm, I'm actually looking forward to watching it that's good i remember liking it a lot when i watched it I, this was part of i think when i was geez i must have been like living at home after college at one point and i think it was between jobs and i, I, I would just go to the library and get movies to try and like watch oh. things that I had heard of but had never seen. Uh, an early precursor to this this podcast, except I did it alone and didn't record anything. <laughs> uh, but I definitely remember getting this out of the library and watching it and being like, like you, was like, oh, was this movie that is boring or like, am I actually going to be engaged in it? And I actually found it pretty engaging at the time. So we'll see if it holds up on a second viewing probably 20 years after that. <laughs> did you also think it was going to be in black and white? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I don't know why that was in my head. I think but the it really posters was. and everything are in black and white for some that's reason. That's what I was wondering. Is the poster in black and white? Because that's if that is, that's 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 probably what did it. Yeah, there you go. I do judge books and films by their covers. Now. <laughs> that's a, that's a good a good rule for life. It's why I thought so many old VHS tapes were about be kind and rewind. <laughs> so many books are just blank and leather bound. Well, Lex, the only thing that would be better than you and I untangling a complicated conspiracy about the president would be if all of our listeners could join in on the Mary Chase along with us. Dan, you know, Mary Chase also sounds like a character who's maybe in this movie, but you know what I know. Listeners can watch along with us. All they have to do is become members of The Incomparable. You can become a member of The Incomparable at theincomparable.com slash members, which gets you access to commentary tracks from every episode ever of Not Playing, along with bonus content from all the other shows in the network. What other perks do they get, Dan? Well, you can get some neat swag uh, for signing up, which is pretty cool. You can also get to join our Incomparable member community where many fellow listeners hang out, and it's a great place to uh, talk about things that you might have in common with many of your other fellow Incomparable listeners. You can even support Not Playing by sending a direct portion of your subscription to this show. And that's how we afford all these pricey HBO Max and other streaming service subscriptions. So go to theincomparable.com slash members. You'll feel good about yourself. And uh, thanks for uh, all the support. Well, X, I've got news for you. And what is that news? You have seen every single one of the President's Men. All of them. All of them. 100%. Guest stars. <laughs> Guest stars? What a weird way to phrase that in the credits. Sure. So, would you like to uh, give some thoughts? You got some thoughts? You want to share some thoughts? I have some thoughts. Okay. So, I think that Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman, both great in this movie, uh, particularly Robert Redford. I don't know. I found him really compelling and watchable. And Dustin, too. I, I, I was saying to you as we watched, I liked the way Dustin was delivering his lines and they had a nice rapport. So there was a lot that I liked there. And I also liked the direction of the movie. Without being like obnoxious about it, you just had cool shots and nice uses of like darkness and focus and, and just the way some shots were framed. Like it was, it felt pleasant to watch, like likable to watch. And it's good. As I, I can't remember if I said it before we started watching. Uh, or just as we started watching, but 
I was aware that it could feel more slowly paced than a movie would be made today. <laughs> and that was indeed the case, I mm-hmm. thought. I thought that sure. it, it felt sometimes, you know, in a cool way, it was patient, where you just stayed on a shot for a long time or stayed in a scene for a really long time. And other times it felt indulgent. <laughs> uh, and just, again, not a 2023 speed, which sure. is, is fair. They chose to tell some of the story <laughs> and then to be like and then a whole bunch of other stuff happened and they got nixon to resign the end <laughs> and so that was an interesting editorial choice i guess to just kind of not show what i would think would be the more compelling parts of the story to a degree right like the the parts that were leading into the the bigger moments but what they do tell they tell nicely it's good i thought it was a uh, exciting and engaging but it's to me and again, I fully acknowledge 2023 eyes. It feels like a movie that you hear is a classic so much that when you watch it and it's less than like shockingly good, then it feels like a letdown. Mm. So it's one where I wish I had known nothing about it going right. in because I thought it was good, but not great, which I think will make John Syracuse potentially murder me when he listens <laughs> to this episode later. No, I mean, I think, again, I saw it 20 years ago and knew much less going in. And I think it really struck me. And I like a lot of the things that you mentioned. I like a slow... I mean, there's yeah. a reason the podcast about this was called Slow Burn, right? About water. Right. Right. It is... This, and this is the point, too, right? Like, the stuff... This takes years, right? We're seeing a condensed several months where they're starting to, like, crack it open. And Wait, this wasn't real time, this movie? <laughs> it felt like years. But, like, I mean... <laughs> but you can see the bylines at the end, right? I mean, Nixon doesn't resign until, what, 74? And this is in 72. And also, fascinatingly, this movie is made in 76. So this movie's made, like, you know, the time they're shooting this is like a year after Nixon has resigned. So this is a very yeah. fresh story, right? Like, not even everything is known. As you point out, and, you know, as many people might know, the identity of Deep Throat was not, you know, revealed until the mid-2000s. Yeah. So nobody, you know, making this movie knew who that was, basically, um, which is fascinating. Well... Woodward and Bernstein do. <laughs> yeah, but they're not in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still like this a lot. I think it really works for me. I think as we discussed during the during the commentary track, uh, I love the sort of uh, the fact I want I want to be derogatory by calling it old school, but like, you know, it's of you know, if it's time and the, the the strategies and the ways you had to do things, right? There wasn't internet to fall back on, right? You couldn't just yeah. look stuff up. So they're looking stuff up in phone books, they're going places, they're knocking on doors, they're bugging people, they're trying to like like trick people and, into saying things, like right. all those and there, things. There's, they're staying so persistent, right? Like somebody says, no, stop asking me questions. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. And they sure, just stay. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'll just talking. go. I'll just go. Trying. Let me just, one more question. It's like they're Columboing them. Um, you know, and I think that really works for me. And it, it, it does, I think, it resonates well with the way that, that um, Redford and, and Hoffman do their performance too, because they, they're not entirely charismatic about it. Like they're trying, but like, like you said, it's the persistence that pays off. And I just really enjoy that sort of classic journalism angle right like and it's funny too how much of that resonates with you know 2023 eyes you know they're talking about like the administration you know deriding them right like like saying they've got a political axe to grind and people worried about things like unnamed sources and is are we correct is this too sensational and people talking about how newspapers i don't like newspapers they're cheap and and like, you know, they gin up stories and whatever, like all conversations were still happening. And in some ways it's quite because we think about newspapers as being this established medium. Right. And like we see that, you know, even 40 plus years ago, uh, it, it was not exactly held up in, in a huge esteem there either. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying. Right. Like it felt like the the actual <laughs> the journalism on display 
is not just compelling and motivating and even like moving, I guess you could say, but also uh, it's it's well shown, right? Mm-hmm. It's well written and well demonstrated. It reminds me, not in the same way, but you know, like they talk about how I think it was Rob Reiner on the <laughs> talking about uh, uh, the American president again. Like he had a lot of talky scenes that Sorkin had written. He's like, well, we're going to have the people walk while they do this because that'll add some movement, right? <laughs> so in some cases here, we had, you know, Robert Redford doing compelling, thrilling, dramatic scenes while just sitting on his phone. Right. <laughs> and yeah. uh, we just stay on him on the phone for minutes at a time uh, or for scenes at a time. And then it's, you know, Dustin Hoffman sitting in people's houses and just talking to them endlessly to try to get them to say stuff. And like the fact that that was done in a way that felt uh, dramatically compelling and narratively interesting is impressive to me. Um, and their tension I, I, too, right? Like that's the other yeah. part that I think they do so well here is like, even though there is no, like, you kind of expect that moment, right, where they're in the garage and, like, the lights in the car come on and there's, like, a car chasing him, right? Like, the very most you get with that at the end is where he tells them their lives are in danger, but you never see anybody, right? They're always right. looking and there's nobody there. It's the paranoia. And I think that's so, but it feels tense, right? Like, you do feel these moments like, oh, something's going to happen. This is bad. Like, this is, they're unraveling this conspiracy. Um, and I think it's it's so effectively written and shot in that way. Yeah, I think that's true. And I, some of it also helps with just, the, like I was saying before, the way they deliver their lines. Like, mm-hmm. they, it feels very human. And they screw up a lot, which we talked about, right? Like, where they, yeah. they start to say something or they use the wrong name or, you know, they repeat themselves or they're like, they're, you can see, like, the brains working, right? Like, as they're trying to formulate the questions or come up with these ways to be like, uh, okay, let's say I count to 10 and you hang up. if there's something wrong with the story right right like i I enjoy that it feels like you said it feels very human uh in the way that they're trying to put this together and i was you know some of that delivery where they would stumble over words whatever you wonder is that scripted that way and on some cursory reading right now no (laughs) right some of those were just genuine mistakes that because they stayed in character and kept moving they just left them in yeah which I think makes tons of sense. Like it's, and so I, I want to be clear. I do think this was a good movie. Uh, it's not in my all time greatest movies list, um, but it's. I, I really, I, I don't. I really liked the performances, and that's me. I don't. I, I had no expectation about that going in. But those are obviously those are some talented actors. But they really just do a nice job. And some of it today, like. It, it, I was going to say some of it feels like tropes that now are well trodden, like of their. They're, they're tough-minded bosses at the paper, like, I need more before I can print this, like, get me, whatever. But, like, it actually, in some cases, subverted what you'd expect from those tropes. And also because it's hewing to the actual story where they did get to publish these stories and eventually bring down Nixon. But I don't know. I, I just thought that the the human interactions of this movie were the most exciting part. Mm-hmm. Like, more, yeah. honestly, more than the actual narrative. Because this is one of those things where they're trying to dramatize a story where we all know the ending going in, right? It's like, you watch Titanic, you know what's going to happen to the ship. And you watch this, Does and the you ship know resign? That, yeah, the ship resigns. You watch this, you know that, like, that, that Nixon and his crew did it. Weird title, by the way. Weird title for the book, weird title for the movie. But you know that, like, they're going to they're gonna emerge victorious in bringing down these folks. But just the way that it's happening, not even, uh, I know you're referencing like the cool journalism that is compelling, but just the, the humanness of them, the doggedness of them is just, it's fun to watch. Yeah. I, I enjoy the brick by brick nature of trying to like assemble this story. You know, I, I agree. I think that's, that's the human interaction and the human, like as they keep stumbling, wait, wait, but the, what about this? Like, <laughs> did this person know? As they're sort of piecing it together, I think is, is really 
Yeah, it's really compelling, I, I think, even for, you know, a movie that is admittedly slow. Um, the closest uh, analog I actually think of is, and it's in fact the top movie suggested under this on HBO, is Spotlight, which I don't know if you've seen. Mm, I did see Spotlight. Which is, I think, another great movie that it owes a lot to this movie in terms of the construction of how do you how do you dramatize something like, you know, the writing of a newspaper investigation about something. Yeah, but yeah, I I think it's great. I also want to call out uh, Jason Robards as Ben Bradley is a, he, I believe he won an Oscar, uh, supporting actor Oscar for this role, and I think he's great. Uh, I think he really he's not he's one of those you know like in the the tradition of great supporting actors, he's not used a lot in the movie, but like where he's deployed, he is immensely effective in every single scene he's in. Yeah, yeah, he was fun to watch, and um, honestly, the one thing that they do well here is like. And this is a trick in in almost every bit of TV or film that you watch, right? Of like making it feel like there's more to their lives and that there was history before we saw them, right? Mm -hmm. We're jumping in and seeing them starting now, but they already know each other. They already have some kind of relationships, not just with, you know, with all the different characters. Not not a very good one, but yeah. (laughs) Right. Uh, So, yeah, I agree with you, though. He was, it was, there were definitely moments that felt slow. Mm -hmm. Some of them that I didn't mind at all, but somewhere like, like there was, you know, the, some some long shots of walking. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, great. But everything did feel earned, right? Like it, right. It, it, it all felt real and in place. And I guess it, maybe it helps that it is a real story, but it, I don't know. I, I it's, it's, <laughs> it feels so silly to say this about a movie that is uh, as well loved and correctly as this one, but like it felt, it felt very well done, right? It felt like they very competently made. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's well, my review. Yeah. There you go. There's your review. Well, I mean, you know, like we said, William Goldman. Uh, doing the script, uh, obviously a ton of credits there. Uh, Alan Pacula, he was nominated for three Oscars for directing. He directed this. I think he also directed Parallax View, and he was involved. He produced uh, To Kill a Mockingbird, I guess. Yeah, he produced To Kill a Mockingbird. So, like, you know, another good storied name there as well so yeah. there's a lot of people behind this movie and i think it it shows that these are people who knew exactly what they were doing right right i don't know i i appreciate that robert redford wanted to tell this story mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean i think there's probably worse things in life than breaking a huge story and then getting played in the movie by robert redford that seems like a pretty good deal <laughs> yeah if i were bob woodward i would be pretty happy with that i guess yeah but i liked it excellent and uh i didn't know uh, Jason Robards by name, although I certainly knew his his role, and now I know his name too. Thanks to you calling it out while we watched. Yeah, and I like I, I said to you during the movie watching. I guess I, I enjoyed Hal Holbrook there as Deep Throat. Yes, yeah. What a distinctive. I mean, his voice only got more distinctive with age, mm-hmm. but it's. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of casting him since he does have a cool voice. Like obviously he wasn't called that because of his <laughs> voice, but still, I liked it. I thought it worked. Excellent. Well, I'm glad that you liked it. I feel like we're off to a pretty good start this season, so hopefully we can keep that train running with whatever our next pick will be next week. Do you want to know now, or do you want to be surprised? Closer um, to the time? I, I think we can tease. We can tease for our listeners, right? All right. Well, I was debating what direction to go, but I think that I want to keep it in the world of uh, crime. Oh, crime. <laughs> crime is a waste. So, yeah. We're going to do that by uh, having you watch... The film Goodfellas, which oh, you've never seen I've and that I have seen, seen many, many times. Okay. This will probably be my seventh or eighth time seeing Goodfellas. Wow. Okay. I'm an only an, an okay guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, you're I'm an right. okay fella. I'm I agree. Right. That's fine. But so I, I look forward to it, you know, keeping masculine leaning nouns in the title of the movies <laughs> we're watching. There's themes here, Dan. There's oh, themes. Okay. And crime. 
Sure. Uh, crimes and themes. That's uh, what we do on this show. Yeah. Well, we'll be back next time, but thanks for listening, everybody out there. And until then, Lex. Keep watching the Carls. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we eventually figured out a better way out, but I don't remember what it was. <laughs> Keep watching the movies? <laughs> mm, that's pretty good. Keep watching the films. <laughs> playing the films. Keep not playing. Never mind. Which one of us is the Woodward and which one of us is the Bernstein Lex? I honestly can't remember which one is which as I'm watching the movie. So whichever one <laughs> would be likely to be that. He just said his name like 12 times. Yeah, but I didn't know if he was talking about him or Dustin. I don't know. <laughs> I'd rather be Redford. Well, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't rather be Redford? <laughs> <laughs>